0: Your hosts, Brian Fry, Chad Robinson, and Russell Guest,
1: coming now to Headphones in Your Ears. Welcome, all you lords, ladies and knights, to the Retro Movie Roundtable. Welcome to the show where we watch movies and then talk about them. I'm your host, Russell Guest, and we've got an onslaught of hosts and good friends joining us today. My good friend, Chad Robinson, here in Pittsburgh, is joining me today, your co-host. Chad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. But wait, there's more. There's another co-host, Brian Fry, joining us from Spokane, Washington. Brian Fry, how are you doing? Doing well.
0: Good evening, everybody.
1: And joining us, we have two more here. Mary, guest, and mystery baby name that we haven't named yet because uh, we haven't decided on a name yet. But uh, baby that's going to be here in a week is here as well. So Mary, how are you doing?
2: Yeah. I'm great, and uh, Baby is uh, very awake right now And <laughs> for this podcast, so excited to be here today.
1: Yeah, and so today we're going to... What is it we're going to do, Chad?
3: We're going to review our top 10 movies from 2009.
1: That's right, so top 10 movies from 10 years ago. It's going to become hopefully a new tradition. We enjoyed ranking the end of year special, so we thought it was fun to go back and look at the new retro, so... Uh, before we get going, though, let's break the ice here a little bit, and uh, let's let's kick some fun questions around. Uh, this first one's for you, Brian. Uh, strangest movie you own, uh, and why do you own this movie? I,
0: I hate that I'm starting this, because uh, this is like 50% embarrassment, 50 per, uh, 50% hilarity. Uh, there's a National Lampoon's cartoon movie called Jake's Booty Call. That <laughs> <laughs> Chan- that Chandler and I both, my, my friend Chandler and I both bought copies of and basically used to torture people at parties with. It is a very crass, as you can imagine, it's basically the least PC movie you can think of. And, uh, yeah, I still have it. It's still in my cabinet. I haven't watched it in 10 years, but uh, I, it's in there, and every once in a while I still
1: quote it. IMDb gives it a, point, or sorry, a 4.3, so... Uh... Not strong stuff there, but uh, that, that's the, that's the kind of answer we're looking for. Mary, uh, you, can, you can speak for the both of us. What do you think That our strangest DVD in our collection is?
2: Oh, well, I, I didn't know I was speaking for you also, but probably the one that I get the most uh, crap for owning is Masters of the Universe. Um, from the 80s.
3: Oh,
2: why do you get crap for he that? He-Man? No. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> no.
3: No, Shouldn't get crap for Russell
1: that That's not my answer, even. That's not my answer. Oh, boo that's, Russell. that's your answer.
2: I'm not sure what your answer is going to be. But, uh, yeah, I maintain that's a fun movie, and Gwildor uh, is awesome, and, yeah, I'm not embarrassed by that one.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I think that our strangest movie that we own is Sahara, with uh, Steve Zahn, and I think Matthew McConaughey... And uh, it's just a strange movie to own. I've never
2: seen that, by the way. Yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) we didn't actually buy it. I had a roommate who left Pittsburgh and went out to California. And when he left, he left me three movies. One was Monster in Law, which was a, I think, a Jennifer Lopez movie. I've never seen it. It was, yes. I sold that. One was the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory remake, which was uh, with Johnny Depp. And that's so bad. We sold that as well uh, at the exchange. But Sahara, I said, you know what? It's not that bad. And you can tell how many times we've watched it since then. So Sahara is a strange one. As you look through our our DVD collection, you go like, huh, odd. You really like that movie, do you? I
0: I think I also own that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I had forgotten that we owned that.
1: (laughs) And Chad, what about you? What's your strangest movie you own?
3: Made in Manhattan, another Jennifer Lopez movie.
1: Well, this is because Sarah enjoys it, right? It is not. It, oh. was, it was
3: given to her as... It's because he enjoys it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, he mentioned Monster-in-Law. We own that, too. I, I'm working... Do you? Up... Yeah. Did I... I give it to you? No. <laughs> I, I hope not. I hope you're not to blame for that. Um, we do own two copies of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days as well. Uh, but uh, two copies. Yes. I don't wanna know. <laughs> yeah, I went and bought one for the podcast, and then turns out we had one. Sarah insisted we didn't, but yeah, it was gi- <laughs> uh, it was given to Sarah for our uh when we were getting married. I don't know why, because it really doesn't have anything to do with getting married. I would have gone with the graduate, Mrs. Robinson, and everything like that. But yeah, Jennifer Lopez made in Manhattan.
1: Well. You made it past 10 days of marriage, so she didn't lose you in 10 days.
3: (laughs) She Uh, wasn't trying too hard.
1: Okay. But now you have one for the upstairs and one for the downstairs, which is something just about any household could use, right?
3: Absolutely. Kate Hudson's a treasure.
1: So what is the best movie to fall asleep to? Let's go with uh, Mary on this one.
2: Well, I took this in a different direction and um, uh, was thinking about movies that I actually have fallen asleep to. And narrowed that down to ones I fell asleep to in theaters. Wow. <laughs> because I'm,
1: I'm here to tell you, she's fallen asleep during a lot of movies.
2: So, and this is nothing against uh, the new simp- Superman, Henry Cavill, but his first movie, Man of Steel. Some of those action scenes went on way too long. And yes, I have fallen asleep too. The climactic action scene both in the theaters and at home during that movie (laughs) so i've fallen asleep to that one twice and i will call out an instance where when this is a fantastic film skyfall i love skyfall it's an amazing movie i did not feel good that day and it was about 50 degrees in the theater and I just put my coat over me, and I was done.
1: It's true. This is this is this is probably one of the sadder fall asleep moments. I,
2: yes, it was really sad, and that's a fantastic movie. I love Skyfall, but I,
3: I would I think sleep Austin Powers would come up. We were all so excited. That's and,
1: the fastest fall asleep. She was literally in the credits. Yeah, the opening <laughs> credits.
3: That. She was gone. snoring.
2: That's true. That's true.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely true. Uh, let's go Brian next. What is your best movie to fall asleep to?
0: All right. So I've got two here and then I want to kind of explain. And then I want to tell you the most, the time I was most offended that the entire party I was with fell asleep in a movie and it's one of my favorite movies. So, uh, first off, and I've talked about this before, John Flack and I used to put Gladiator on before we went to bed in college when we lived together because in the dorms, because the credit scene plays Now We Are Free. Yeah. And that is easily the most peaceful like DVD-running menu song you can have. So yeah, we used to fall asleep to Gladiator all the time. Um, if I am home and I'm like, my brain needs to shut down and I want to go to sleep, every once in a while, I try to hunt down a streaming version of Twilight. <laughs> Nothing puts me to sleep like that movie. <laughs> wow, okay. okay. Just five five. Five minutes and I'm unconscious. So Sounds like a movie. Just, Chad should have two is copies a, of a brain number. And <laughs>
1: I I was merciless uh, with
3: the first one, and my wife the, did not make me watch any of the any of the
1: sequels. Okay, so Chad, what about you? What is your best movie to fall asleep to?
3: I think it's Gladiator. I, I'm with Fry. the The music that plays when he visits the Elysian Fields it's just so peaceful. It's tranquil. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's a great movie. Please stay awake for it. It's my favorite of all time, but after that, it's a very peaceful movie once you get past that opening battle that you could fall asleep to.
1: Okay. Uh, As for me, I'm going to go with the movie that I've fallen asleep the most times on, and this is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. (laughs) I started this movie many, many times, but never made it through until... I'd say years later, Mary and I finally made it all the way through. It's a, a long movie, and B, I was it was put on a lot of nights where we were staying over at various friends' houses. and Really pe-
3: only one.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> and I personally am not in love with this movie, and I have a hard time getting around it after it's... It, it starts really strongly, but uh, it, it quickly changes pace, and I'm not on board as much. And so I tend to be put to sleep by this one so it's a strange lullaby but uh are in loathing las vegas when that'll do it i
3: feel like you never made it through full metal jacket either
1: i have never seen the last probably a uh, half or quarter i don't know how long is that movie <laughs> when I, they I actually
3: know. go to war you're out
1: <laughs> i have made it to the battlefield but that's it like i i yes i know that yeah so yeah that's another movie i've never finished
0: I was going to share with you guys. Uh, there was one time in college. This is a hands down the time that I was most offended by people falling asleep on me. But in my uh, my my bad was taking a group of hungover people to go see Master and Commander. Uh, Jess, I I think everybody I was
1: with <laughs> fell asleep, but me.
3: That, that's a long movie, man. It, it's a, yeah, like it's every a good person, movie. I was like, really, guys. The gentle. I know, but I love it. Oh, I you love are it. asking a
1: lot it's from like... people who have low focus at that point, like if they've been partying, though.
3: And the swaying of the ocean. Mm.
1: Yes, that's it, true. Is, it is over two hours for for sure, and I think the action's back-loaded, meaning like the a lot of the bigger action scenes are pushed in the back half of the movie. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. Well, it's kind of there. There's a there's a big there's a big part in the front and then the big part in the back yeah. so that middle part is yeah but i'm
1: with you i think that's. i, a... I get it
0: i get it but man i loved it i'm with <laughs> you i think it's an underrated movie
2: i'm not actually sure which movie it was but i remember a time when russell made me stand in the middle of the living room because i had about two minutes to go <laughs> <in a film. laughs>
1: oh man yeah rambo three because that's a slow-paced movie that'll put you to sleep.
2: That will, yeah. That is a slow-paced. Yeah. Movie.
3: And wasn't that the movie that was dedicated to the Taliban?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it really was. was. That, that, it, that is all that's that, factual. It, um, but in yeah. it, there's all these explosions and like you know, huge gunfight scene late in the movie, and Mary's just like her eyes go to quarter to half to like all the way down, head 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 dips down, and then I'd be like come on, let's just finish this. Like, we got like five minutes left and it's an action scene. I'm like, I don't want to wait for tomorrow on this. Let's go ahead. And <laughs> And so like, and then like, I like woke her up. She fell asleep right away again. And then I woke her up one more time. And then I said, okay, we're going to stand you up here in the living room. And we're just going to stand through the end of this. And I stood next to her shoulder to shoulder. And uh, we did make it to the end of that movie.
2: Yeah, that was Rambo 3. Yeah. That's,
1: wh- that's when your neighbor... <laughs>
0: That's when your neighbor's out, like, walking his dog and just sees the two of you standing in the (laughs) living room watching a movie. And they're like, what the hell? (laughs) Uh,
1: And um, so let's go, Chad. Some body snatchers. Yeah. Chad, let's go you first on this one. Give me an underappreciated actor or actress who just deserves a shout out.
3: I think it's just because I, I just recently saw Always Be My Maybe, but Randall Park. I really enjoy him uh-huh. in Always Be My Maybe. Uh, he was also great in the latest Marvel movie, and he's on uh, Fresh Off the Boat as well. He's just a lot of fun in everything that he's in, and I want more of him.
1: That's a good choice. I like him. Mary, why don't you go next? Who's your underappreciated or underrated actor or actress who deserves some love?
2: One actor that I, I think doesn't get enough credit is Sean Aston. Uh, I have enjoyed every role I've seen him in. I I think that he, you know, I would like to see him in more movies. But I think I kind of have to do an actor and an actress here because I feel the same way about Jennifer Connelly. She's excellent, one of my favorite actresses, and um, I feel like often I'd like to see the main actress in a movie replaced with her because I feel like sometimes she'd bring more to the table. So she's one of my favorites.
1: Yep. I th- she's an Oscar winner, right? I think so. I think yeah. I, th-
2: yeah, I think she won an Oscar,
1: Best Beautiful Mind. I think, but still, you can still be underrated even at that. That's no. That's that's still fair. Brian, how about you, man? What what is your underappreciated actor or actress? I, I did one of
0: each just because I wanted to give a nod both directions. Uh, my most underappreciated actor is William H Macy. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. There's not a. Mo- I, there's very few movies that I've ever seen that I didn't like him in, and he was in Sahara. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: the uh, <laughs> uh, my actress is julia styles uh not because i was in love with her through most of high school uh-huh. but also because mm-hmm. she's another one that i feel like when she's in a movie she does a great job and then you never hear about
2: it
1: okay i only went one on this one and i'm going with an actor and i'm going with david Strathairn. uh he's from a league of their own la confidential the born ultimatum dolores claire to name a few he is always just the right man for the job it seems like when he lands a role and i i also wish that he were in more movies and it's not a name if you were sitting at the dinner table and be like you know who i like david strathairn and people go like oh yeah i know him he's good you get who and you're like yeah the guy from a league of their own and then tom like, hanks yeah so uh yeah so anyway david strathairn
0: He's one of those guys that, for some reason, I view as completely interchangeable with Dustin Hoffman. Like, whatever part Dustin Hoffman is playing, this guy could have done that, too. And then vice versa. Like, you could literally just swap them in and out with one another. Hmm.
1: Well, I like them both, but I won't go that far. (laughs) Google all these people if you don't know who Randall Park is, or Jennifer Connelly, or uh, William H. Macy, or... Sean Astin. Sean Astin. and Yeah uh anyway uh let's go to 2009 let's all get in our time machines and get ready to go back in time to set the mood the great recession is in full swing which began in 07 or 08 or so so the economy is not doing well we uh, just saw the inauguration of President Barack Obama. The U.S. is in the middle of war with Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Iraq. Farmville is the worst thing that happened to Facebook. Grinder launches. Kanye West interrupts Taylor Swift's award speech at the MTV VMAs. Glee, Modern Family, and Jersey Shore go on TV this year, so that's where culture is at this point in time. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, I'm just progressively getting sadder.
1: <laughs> and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl.
3: I'm really sad.
1: <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup. The Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA Finals. The New York Yankees won the World Series. Michael Jackson died. And uh, as far as the music goes, and you know, as if we needed to kick Chad while he's down, the Black Eyed Peas spent a 26 weeks straight at number one with their back-to-back singles of "Boom Boom Pow" and "I Got a Feeling."
3: And the bass keeps running,
0: running, 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 running.
3: I I am legitimately upset over here. Like, this is just bringing me to wrath.
1: More from music that year.
3: Chad, Chad, if it makes you feel any better, I was
0: stuck in gridlock Pittsburgh traffic in 2009 when the uh,
3: Penguins won.
1: It was pandemonium.
0: I was driving home from Russell's
3: house, and there were things on fire when the Steelers won, which was doubly mm. awful.
1: Uh, I liked all of these things. So
3: yeah, people were just running
1: down
0: the middle of the lanes and they were like hitting my car. And I was like, could could you not touch my car? I'm, I'm happy you're happy. Please stop <laughs> touching
1: my car. More from 2009 music though. Lady Gaga emerges with her big hit poker face. Beyonce's big. Miley Cyrus has a big year uh, as she converts from Hannah Montana to... Uh, music star Miley Cyrus, that was Party in the USA. Chad was, uh, that was this that was his summer song, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Right up there with Carly Rae Jepsen's.
1: That's later, I think. Uh, yeah. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> and Jay-Z uh, had a big year. Green Day and Kelly Clarkson also all had really big years in the music scene that year. Also, we talked about it, we're amidst Twilight Fever. Jacob and Isabella are the top names of 2009.
3: So. You people are the worst. Stop it
1: and uh, Avatar releases and becomes the highest-grossing film of all time and it is until this day, with the exception of I guess two days ago I think The Avengers and uh, Endgame finally passed it. Until it holds it it down for 10 years as being the highest-grossing film Mm -hmm. of all time. So That's 2009 in a nutshell. Let's go look at the uh, Golden Globes. Brian, why don't you uh, give us a rundown on what happened at the Golden Globes?
0: In 2009, the uh, Golden Globes' best director was James Cameron for Avatar. Uh, best drama was also Avatar. Best actor in a drama was Jeff Bridges for Crazy Heart. The best actress in a drama was Sandra Bullock for The Blind Side. Best musical slash comedy is The Hangover. Best actor in a comedy was Robert Downey Jr. for Sherlock Holmes. I really want to debate that heavily. Uh, best <laughs> actress in a comedy was Meryl Streep for Julie and Julia. Uh, best supporting actor was Christoph Waltz for Inglorious Bastards. Best Supporting Actress is Monique for Precious. And Best Original Screenplay was Jason Reitman and Sheldon Turner for Up in the Air. Best Song was The Weary Kid in Crazy Heart. And Best Animated was Up. A little little disappointed Nine didn't get that one.
1: Okay. And for the Oscars...
3: the Best Picture went to The Hurt Locker. Best Director, Catherine Bigelow, The Hurt Locker. Best Actor went to Jeff Bridges for Crazy Heart. Best Actress went to Sandra Bullock for The Blind Side. Best Supporting Actor Christoph Waltz in Glorious Bastards. Best Supporting Actress Monique in Precious. Best Adapted Screenplay Precious. Best Original Screenplay The Hurt Locker. Best Sound, Best Sound Editing and Best Film Editing also went to The Hurt Locker. Best Cinematography, Best art direction, and best visual effects went to Avatar, best makeup goes to Star Trek, best song, The Weary Kid, and best score, Up.
1: All right. And that was the Weary Kind on this song. Weary Kind, yep. Yes. That's where we are in 2009. So with that, before we kick it off, let's go ahead and let's get it out of the way. What is the worst movie of 2009, Mary?
2: If I have to narrow it down to one, I'm going to say Jennifer's Body. That's a
1: that's a very there's decent choice. Zero Completely redeeming so.
2: qualities to that movie. Yeah.
1: There's there's not a lot going on there. I mean, it's got some sex appeal and at that even at that it's not worth it. So, uh, no not many arguments there. I have that as a half-star movie.
2: It was one of those movies that I really really wanted to just stop and not finish. Russell doesn't let me do that. I never quit <laughs> on a
1: movie. Yeah.
2: But I did not want to finish that one.
1: All right. So let's go ahead and tear the Band-Aid off. Let's get let's get the rough stuff over with. The bad news first. What is the worst movie of two thousand nine? Mary,
2: uh, I'm gonna have to say Jennifer's Body. Although it, I wanted to pick more than one thing.
1: That <laughs>
3: that's a strong candidate.
1: There's, that's a great choice.
3: As a horror movie buff, yeah, yeah, that's that it deserves was
2: it. one of those few movies that I truly did not want to finish. Russell doesn't let me not finish a movie
1: never quit That's on a movie
2: against his ideals to never quit on a movie so i did get to the end of it but it was painful
1: yeah never leave a game until it's over never quit on a movie these are just russell isms
3: uh... <laughs> walk away
1: <laughs> uh and uh brian how about you man what, what's the worst movie of 2009 that you saw
0: uh, I think, uh, so I actually have this written down that I completely concur with Jennifer's Body. Uh, <laughs> I did watch that one all the way through. Um, yeah, ouch. I mean, just ouch.
1: Yes. Like, uh,
0: maybe if it knew what it was, but it, it didn't seem to know what it was. And I thought it was going to be have a little
1: bit of humor, but it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just... Bad all the way through. And like I said, I think they got people in the movie theaters by flaunting Megan Fox, and then there wasn't anything else beyond that. Half-star movie for me.
3: Yeah, you really have to lean into the corniness if you're going to do a bad movie.
0: Yeah.
1: And they just didn't. They
2: did I not. giving it a half is pretty generous. I say it's a solid zero-star movie.
0: <laughs> I do have an honorable mention for this, though. Okay. Uh, my honorable mention for worst movie is Dragon Ball Evolution.
3: Mm,
2: Tell that's
0: me, fair. I don't know what that is. Uh, it was a movie, a live-action movie, that they tried to make for the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z series, uh, which I don't know that much about it, but I gave the live-action a shot just to see if it would get me into it. Uh, it hands
1: down one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life.
3: Yeah, that's not the jumping-on point.
1: Okay. I did not know anything about that, but I'll go in with great caution if I ever go into it at all.
0: It's kind of like starting Aragon by watching the Aragon movie. It's just
1: not a good <laughs> don't, don't do not it. it It's a trap And Chad, 2009 had all these things that you liked Like the Black Eyed Peas, the Great Recession Yeah, I, yeah.
3: I want out of this time machine Before we revisit <laughs> any of this
1: um, What is your worst movie of 2009?
3: So there's a little bit of a story And I'm still upset with my wife over this She saw this movie without me She knew what we were getting into And she made me see it so she saw it twice, and I had to see it once, and that would be the movie that made Matthew McConaughey quit acting, Ghost of Girlfriends Past. And
1: it's... Mm. Is a, it that bad?
3: It's a Christmas Carol.
1: You saw Jennifer Boddy's, right?
3: I did. I did. This is worse. It's a Christmas Carol, <laughs> but he's Matthew McConaughey is revisited by his ex-girlfriends, and it's got Jennifer Garner in it. Oh, Again, it was... No, she does not make good movies, Electra. Um it, it's whoa, that quote. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, are oh, we no. are we attacking the entire catalog of Jennifer Garner or just this specific movie?
3: Yes, Daredevil. Peppermint was good, but
0: it was, it was okay, oh, you've just named two bad movies.
3: Ghost I, get, of I guarantee Passed you Past Electra. Me, give me
0: <laughs> give me your favorite actor and I guarantee you I can find two bad movies they were in. Daniel Day Lewis,
3: <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: <laughs>
1: Challenge accepted. Uh, okay.
3: But uh, yeah, yeah. So this movie made Matthew McConaughey quit acting for several years.
1: Okay. For me, my worst movie, not only in 2009, but this actually owns the distinction of my least favorite movie I have ever seen. The Human Centipede first sequence. Half stars as low as you can go, but. I wish I could go lower somehow. And uh, this movie has no redeeming qualities. It's just horrible. It's like, a, It's it's just, the acting's bad, the direction's bad. They had a horribly sick premise. And yeah, and then you just are stuck watching. You probably know what happens in this one. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's not much more to it than what you probably already know. And it's just sitting there watching this horrible thing unfold.
3: It has Dieter Laser, though. That is the coolest name.
1: Mm, no, I, yeah, worst movie ever. Uh, Mary somehow avoided this one, luckily, because she was just not at home. I watched this one on my own. I was eating pizza. I had already oh. declared
2: that I was not going to see this one. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, this is not a popcorn, and yeah, that's not that kind of movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, terrible movie. Bad, bad times were had by me. So,
1: uh, but let's we need a palate cleanser. Let's get into the good stuff here. So. What, let's look at all the good things that happened in 2009 now. I just want to remind people there were a few qualifiers. I, uh, taken was not included for me because it it came out in uh, 2008, even though it technically got its American run in 2009. Paranormal Activity, on a similar note, was made in 2007, so I disqualified it, uh, even though it got its paramount U.S. release in 2009. And the Hurt Locker, similarly, which won the Best Picture at the Oscars in 2009, came out abroad in 2008, and I also disqualified it for this. And so the USA uh, release was 2009. So there are probably a few other movies that you can get into the details with and be, get technical on, but these are just a couple ones that we took out when doing our own rankings. Let's start at the top 10. We're gonna go around and we're just gonna go around in a simple circle at this point. So, Mary, I'm gonna let you start us off. What's your number 10 movie? And if somebody else has it later in the countdown, they're just going to speak up and say, hold on to it. We'll talk about that later. So the highest ranking person will only talk about it when we get to them. So,
2: Okay. My number 10 movie is the fantastic Mr. Fox. It's just really fun to see Wes Anderson do a stop motion animation. The cast is fantastic. And this, yeah, makes my list. We just now saw this one last week. We were trying to catch up on 2009 movies.
1: So do you think it's because it's fresh?
2: No, I don't think it's because it's fresh. I had wanted to see it at the time and somehow just missed it. And uh, yeah, I'm, Wes Anderson hits sort of the right note with me most of the time. So yeah, it's definitely on my list.
1: I had a good time with it. Anybody anybody else see that one? Just I did chime. not. Okay. Nope. Okay. Chad, you're going to go next. Number 10 movie for you.
3: District 9.
1: Okay. That's a popular one. Anybody else? Nope. It's on my honorable mentions. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah
3: this is a uh, this is a movie that uh, if my wife were on, she refuses to watch. She doesn't like transformation films. Yeah, it was a, a fascinating sci-fi horror movie that was also an allusion to apartheid. So it was very nice. Well, huh. not that's not a nice thing, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's uh, got
0: some su- substance to it. A, yeah. a moment while Chad takes the foot out of his mouth.
3: Yeah. Okay. yeah that's a that's a great way to kick off the top 10 apartheid.
1: <laughs> so brian 2009 what's your number 10 movie
0: uh my number 10 movie was inglorious bastards
1: okay
3: yep. yep hold off on that one
1: okay uh okay. Hold, on, hold on off on that one for me my number 10 movie is going to be star trek the jj abrams uh hold off on that okay and so this is going to begin the number nine round mary go ahead
2: Zombieland.
3: Oh, hold off on that one.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Hold off.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I figured that was the case. Yeah. I'm
0: seeing, I, I I feel like maybe this isn't, I don't know.
1: It'll all work out, I promise you. Number nine, Chad. Up. Up? Okay, anybody else with Up? Nope, I'm good. Tell us why you like Up, Chad.
3: It's just a charming movie. I, I love the character of Russell. This is a, a kid that I actually like in the movies. I like Kevin and Doug and Walter it's it's all great, and even the opening sequence it's it's a little tough to sit through because it's just so sentimental. Watching this uh, young couple grow old together that's that's tough. But the rest of the movie is just classic Pixar.
1: It is a heartwarming movie, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it I think it's a great choice, and I could totally see it being on there. Got some Oscar uh, attention as well, so uh, and some uh, Golden Globe awards. So, uh, Brian what about you what's your number nine movie of 09?
0: my number nine movie is public enemies
1: okay yeah oh yeah tell us about it I th- unless anybody yeah tell, tell us about public enemies
0: uh it is uh, just a classic gangster tale uh i'm a huge fan of 1930s gangster tv movies whatever it pits christian bale as fbi agent melvin purvis against johnny depp's john dillinger and a host of other name recognition gangsters of that era. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch these kind of movies all
1: day, every day. That's on my list of ones that I still want to see that I haven't seen yet from 2009. So
3: Yeah, it was good.
1: It, and for me, my number nine movie from 2009 is the movie Extract. I don't know that
3: one. Oh, yeah, I
0: like that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It was kind of a quiet, quirky comedy.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I would say hold off on that one, but I start the next round. So my uh, number eight movie was Extract.
1: Okay. Tell us why you like Extract.
2: It just has a it has a fun cast. It has a fun storytelling premise. And I just, each time I see it, I love it. I find something uh, interesting in the movie that I didn't notice before. So it's one of those that sticks with me.
1: It does rewatch well. And I think that it has a nice sense of escalation to it. I think I like that in a comedy... It starts off a little bit slow and quiet, like Brian had said, but it builds its character palette well, and it leads to rewarding jokes that uh, it, it's a movie that builds laughter as it goes through. I'm not a huge Jason Bateman guy, and I, I put it off seeing this movie for a long time because I didn't think of him being the protagonist to, to carry a comedy would go that well, but there's a lot of good side characters in this, whether it be Ben Affleck, Kristen Wiig, uh you know, there's just, there's a lot of good people in this movie. There's more than that, too. It's good story, good writing. So, uh, really enjoyed this one. Uh, Chad, what about you? What's your number eight? Watchmen. Oh, okay, yeah, tell us. Uh, oh, nope, you're good. Okay, tell us why Watchmen is your number eight.
3: I still think it's the best graphic novel transition to big screen. Now, they changed some key things in the ending that I won't get into, but I I just really enjoyed these realistic heroes and, uh, you know, Dr. Mine. Manhattan isn't exactly realistic, but everyone else. I particularly like Ozymandias, mm-hmm. uh, but it it's just a lot of fun. Everyone comes away loving Rorschach. It was one of the best realistic ones that came out around the same time as Batman be- Begins, the new Batman series with Christopher Nolan.
1: DC is actually on fire at this point with the Watchmen and the Batman movies, and yep. yeah, things things turn later, but um,
2: yeah, I was actually surprised when I made my list that that didn't make my top ten cut. That was my number eleven movie. Um, it's a really artful interpretation yeah. of a graphic novel, and yeah, I like the I really style like of that. it a
1: lot. It's a it's a interesting. It's unique. There aren't a lot of superhero movies that look like it. It goes dark, but it still has the sense of I'm watching a comic book movie, and I like that. Mm-hmm. They, they don't over realistic. Or they don't give it too much realism.
0: It was also one of my uh, honorable mention. Uh, It's one of the four I had down for it. Yeah. Any thoughts? The only thing that I would disagree on is probably graphic novel adaptation. Um, I think I've got to put V for Vendetta above it uh, in terms of my, my personal favorites. Uh, but I absolutely agree. It was a terrific movie. It was interesting. I had not read the graphic novel before seeing it, so it was one of those things where I didn't have any biases or opinions going in. I actually think that that helped because I've since read the graphic novel, and I just feel like in that scenario, watching the movie first did didn't. It was beneficial.
1: And so let's go with you and your number eight movie, Brian. My
0: number 8 movie was Crazy Heart.
1: I've not seen Crazy Heart. Clearly Jeff Bridges got some awards for it. What is Crazy Heart?
0: It kind of follows a... kind of an over-the-hill, downtrodden musician. Basically a faded country musician, uh, and he just kind of goes through his w- uh, life and the things that inspired him, and it was, just, it was just a fun movie. Jeff Bridges is also one of my favorite guys, so I'll usually see anything with him.
1: Is it heavy? Emotionally heavy, or is it... Uh, um... Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is probably why I didn't see it then.
0: It's definitely worth watching. I wouldn't say it's the most rewatchable movie of all time, but it's definitely one that you should check off a list.
1: Okay. And my number eight, concluding the number eight round, I'm going to go with The Blind Side. Anybody else? Okay. Solid. Great movie. The Blind Side is just a heartwarming movie that just makes you feel good it's like butterflies are running through your bloodstream it's just it's a heartwarming true story and i really enjoy sandra bullock's character in this and uh it's uh, one that i've seen several times it comes on tv a lot and i i've uh, it even got me through a tough time at the AT&T store it was just happened to be on tv <laughs> at the AT&T store and i was there for a very long time undergoing my phone and i watched yes the entire blindside at an AT&T Jeez. store while my dad and i were both getting new phones and struggling with transferring and dealing with oh it was it was tough so big mike got me through the the tough phone transition so uh Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, AT&T is no longer going to sponsor our show after I told them the reality of the customer service there. So um, <laughs> um, so let's go into the number seven round. Mary.
2: Uh, my number seven movie is State of Play with Russell Crowe and, oh, the lead actress. She's uh, slipping my mind. Um, I'm not the biggest Russell Crowe fan. It's Rachel McAdams, yes. and I've
0: got that one higher.
2: Okay. yes. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: we'll put put a pin on that
2: one. Sorry. Yeah, put a pin in
1: it. And uh, Chad, your number seven movie. Inglorious Bastards. Hey.
3: I don't typically like Quentin Tarantino.
1: Yeah, this Uh, strikes me as strange coming from you.
3: This is. This is a strange one that for whatever reason clicks with me. Uh, I don't even particularly like war movies, so nothing about this movie makes sense for me. But it's got great characters. Brad Pitt's character is great. The Bear Jew is great. Uh, Christoph Waltz is just... He eats up the screen every time he's on it. I loved it.
1: Interesting. Uh, We actually just watched this because Mary and I crammed about, what would you say, six movies... From two thousand nine to try and round out our picks,
2: trying to get to those movies that we missed at the time but wanted to see. Yeah, Um, and I did really enjoy *Inglorious Bastards* and really appreciated the strength of the female characters in the movie. I thought that was, you know, was one I wanted to work in to the list, but it just didn't make it.
1: There's something about Tarantino's movies that just I don't understand why they're hailed as great movies and this is fine filmmaking. He he loves his violence. There's no doubt about that, but I always have a hard time I, finding the redemption, or the, like, what is the meaning behind all the violence, and, uh, I can't wait empty. for
0: you to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw it last weekend, I just, I, I feel like there's gonna either be, like, a wow, or just a massive rant out of you after seeing that.
1: <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I believe this one will probably be my favorite Tarantino one when I see it, so... Uh, I, I I don't know. I, Tarantino and I just don't click for some reason. So uh, I, I was really amazed that like this thing was getting award nominations. I figured it would like it would hit people and go like, this is appalling. I can't believe what this how it's happening in here and they're showing that. And how does this get into the awards with the award stream?
3: It was really well acted.
2: Okay. Uh, th- it builds tension really well, particularly Christoph Waltz's character makes you so uneasy for yeah. about what, for what's about to happen next.
3: When he's walking over the floors, that is just a very good scene. Right.
2: Okay. So I think that he has a lot to do. His character in particular has a lot to do with I think how how, you know, well received this movie was.
1: It does build tension. I will certainly say that. Moving on though, number seven, Brian. Uh, my number seven is Adventureland. Oh, wow. Okay. yeah. Hey, uh, that's a Pittsburgh movie. Yes, it is. I am a huge fan of that movie. Tell, tell me more.
0: So Adventureland, for me, was just a lot of fun. Just that coming of age, not really sure what you're doing with your life kind of thing. It's got a fantastic cast, which I'm just now realizing that two of my movies in a row both have Kristen Stewart in it. So that's kind of a weird thing.
3: I'm concerned.
1: But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Remember what those top two names of 2009 are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's fantastic. But yeah, it's just a good movie. Uh, there's uh, again, like, kind of a hidden Kristen Wiig in it, hidden uh, Bill Hader in it. it uh, gosh, I don't know. Are you just? It's it's a great movie. Uh, it's funny, but it's also a little dramatic. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is in it. I mean, you just you get a lot of substance out of something that wasn't really talked about.
1: I do like Bill Hader's character in that. Like, you got this like uh, guy like running running this carnival or I mean uh, amusement park on like a shoestring budget, like yeah. making all these like budget decisions along the way. It's like, how old's that meat? It expired last Wednesday. Serve it.
3: That's the one with where Jay Baruchel is like terrified of. Ro- He's actually terrified of roller coasters, and so that was a nightmare for him. That's knocked up where that happened. Or knocked up. Okay. Yeah. 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 But another, um, another Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. Uh, is this the highest we'll see Jesse Eisenberg on this countdown? I wonder. It is not okay. Um, <laughs> so my number seven, I'm gonna pull it out first. Avatar
3: didn't make the cut.
1: Nobody that. else has Avatar. Oh uh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah.
2: Hold off on Avatar. Okay. Now, okay.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, okay then. Uh, then I'll, I will hold on. Uh, Mary, why don't you go to number six?
2: Uh, number six, uh, Moon. Uh, hold off on Moon. Okay.
1: And, Chad.
3: The new Friday the Thirteenth.
1: I think this is uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> My horror movies are safe. Uh, you know the Friday the Thirteenth movies have never really been great. I I like two and four and six. the The rest are pretty much garbage. But two thousand and nine, I thought I thought it was excellent. I love the portrayal of Jason. I I love the teens in it. There was a nice kind of twist in it. So yeah, good slasher.
1: It's a twist. Yeah, I have to admit that I am no fan of the Friday the 13th movie series. I've seen several. It's just not a series that I think is is on my wavelength. But having said that, I think that is, and I'm going to, I don't know, if, is this a hot take? That's the best Friday the 13th movie? It'd
3: be debated, but I, I think we've got a a good fan club.
1: Okay, so there's a case to be made for that. Yeah. Okay, then, yeah, I, I really didn't care for, I know the first two seem to be classics, but I, they are just not doing it for me. This movie's better than that. So And, uh, you know, I didn't really want to get into it, but, uh, you know, Chad every year comes over and does a Halloween uh, horror movie marathon. of. Uh, we usually try and get three movies in. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year we did that and uh, two other movies and went to a haunted house, so uh, it was a good day. Yep. Brian, what about you, man? What's your number six movie?
0: Uh, my number six movie is The
1: Hangover. Oh, I love that movie, so hold on to that. My number six movie is going to be Moon. So, uh, Mary, you mentioned this one first. Do you want to take this one first? Like, what is Moon, for those who don't know, because it's not the most... I have cool. no idea. You, okay.
2: Sure. Moon is a sci-fi film. I remember wanting to see it at the time. I guess we just didn't get to it. It is... Sam Rockwell? S- Sam Rockwell, yeah. His name was escaping me. Uh, thank you. And uh, it's just... It, it it plays with your mind, and it's just an incredibly well-crafted movie. And, yeah, it, it, it holds up.
1: It's emotional, psychological, and also well shot, and it's just, I mean, it puts you on a good mind trip throughout the movie. You really start questioning everything that's happening, and uh, it it is a clever, well-written movie for sure, and I I can't recommend it highly enough. Also some uh, Kevin Spacey voice work as well.
2: Right. Uh, it's one of those movies that really makes you think about what our future holds as, in terms of technology, so it's it's a deep sci-fi. Uh, you got to be ready for a serious movie when you get into this one, but it's rewarding. Don't go in tired. Be ready to pay attention. <laughs> I did not fall asleep, for the record. She did not. She did not. It's, yeah, it's suspenseful. It builds. Yeah, well-crafted.
1: Yeah, and you'll see it on Best Science Fiction Movies Countdowns rather frequently, in fact. so We're at the halfway point. That's exciting. So... We're now down to your fave five. That's a thing. Uh, in two thousand nine, still that, that that reference probably still holds up in two thousand nine. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mary, what is your number five movie?
2: Well, to really contrast my number six movie, my number five is The Hangover.
1: Okay, I'm not gonna let you guys go on that yet. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna hold on to that still. <laughs> so okay, uh, not yeah, yet, not yet. It's too <laughs> soon. Uh, Chad, what's your number five movie?
3: Trick or Treat.
1: Trick R you? Yes. Okay.
3: This this actually was uh, shown on the same night that I showed Russell Friday the Thirteenth. True. I don't think it went over as well. This is a uh, this is one that kind of has to ruminate. It's an anthology type, but everything's connected. It's sort of crash, but with horror movies, and it's got one of my favorite new uh, serial killers in Sam. So Sam is just a fun character that he connects looks like everything. He be cute. I, I I love cute serial killers. Chucky's great.
1: but well, he doesn't look cute.
2: I don't think anyone is calling Chucky cute. <laughs> oh, he's terrifying. A good, he's a good
3: guy, doll. I yeah. know. He started out cute.
2: <laughs>
1: no. I'm
3: your friend forever.
1: Uh, but, uh, trick or treat, Brian, have you done this one? Nope.
3: Oh, Brian Cox is in it.
1: It's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Uh, I do it's... like him. Trick or Treat felt to me like a good old episode of how, or sorry, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Only for older people. But I mean, it has that sensibility to it. I could almost see the Midnight Society coming to tell you about this, and it's 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 got a dark irony to it. Is that a fair saying?
3: Yeah, it definitely commands multiple viewings, because there, there are connections that you'll miss. There are characters in the background of other featured characters' stories, the Vice or The Principal is my favorite. I love his story. He's just, everything about it is, it's funny, uh, but it's its also horrifying.
1: It does have good humor in it. Yeah, I, I, I did like this one more than you might be thinking, Chad. I, I, it, it doesn't rate highly in my horror movies, because when I go in for a horror movie, I do like to be really thoroughly scared. But I had a good time with it. So it's a strong movie to just have fun with, It—that it, which leaves it in an awkward place for horror for me.
3: That's fair. There are plenty of frightening things, particularly the school bus of children storyline. That's uh, a little terrifying.
1: Sure. Brian, your number five movie.
0: Uh, So this is where State of Play comes in for me.
1: Hold up. up. I'm super
0: Uh, happy. Hold up. Oh, Oh. wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: So my hand is starting to be, you guys are starting to know the car. I'm overjoyed
0: (laughs) that more people like that movie. (laughs) <laughs> like,
1: that, that's exciting to me. I thought that was going to be like, uh, I'm going to put a couple on here that, that
0: people probably haven't even ever seen. So I'm just happy you guys like that.
1: Oh, yeah. My number five movie, getting a little bit of animated representation on here as well. I'm going to go with Coraline. Okay. Have you guys seen this? I have.
2: Yes, I have uh, seen Coraline.
0: Also one of my honorable mentions.
1: Yeah, Coraline is a visual delight. I mean, it, you know... To me it starts to hit you in that fantasy realm that the nightmare before christmas does it doesn't necessarily have all that great music as as good as that but it, what it, it does is i love the animation style on it it is a it is a story that you can come back to i think it ages well yeah, i think young audiences would enjoy it and adults do love it i mean my mom liked it in particular and recommended it to me and i was like mm, okay sure whatever and it really exceeded my expectations, and I just had a really good time with it. And I've watched it several times. And from here on out, five-star movies for me. So wow, yeah, I, I give this one five stars. I, I really do. This is a very underrated movie, and I I really enjoyed it. Mary,
2: oh oh, I Coraline was great. Yeah yeah, it's uh, it, it's hard to get everything on the list, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great movie.
1: Chad, any thoughts on Coraline?
3: I. Uh, I love it, but it's not going to be my top animated movie.
1: Okay. Interesting. Uh, that's 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 drama for you as we go into the next <laughs> round. The number four round. Mary, why don't you kick us off here?
2: So funny you should mention it. I'm going to add to the representation of animated movies. My number four is Nine. Now, there actually were two <laughs> movies. <laughs> this
3: is very confusing.
2: Named Nine that came out this year. Um, and the year is 2009. One is spelled nine, N-I-N-E. The one that I'm talking about is the number nine. So this is a a computer animated sci-fi film directed by Shane Acker.
3: It was an honorable mention.
2: So I felt like this didn't get enough uh, publicity, but we did catch it in theaters. It's one of the producers is Tim Burton and it does hit me in that Tim Burton spot that I really enjoy. It stars Elijah Wood, John C. Riley, Jennifer Connelly, Christopher Plummer, Crispin Glover, Martin Landau and they play these wonderful uh, ragdoll characters called Stitch Punks and in a post-apocalyptic world and this is a well-crafted film with great voice at work and yeah this movie sticks with me.
1: It's a, it's a heavier movie than I expected, given that it was animated. I would not say this is for children.
2: It is not a kid's no. movie, yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it looks like it might be. The, the, the Stitch Punks are cute, but they get into some serious situations.
3: They're kind of menacing, too, though, with the green like night vision goggle-type eyes.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is not one to take a small child to. <laughs> it might be a little bit scary, but it is certainly a, you know, a deep sci-fi movie that's made for adults.
1: I, I actually love this movie for one reason for sure is uh, it's the last time we got to go to the uh, Squirrel Hill theater which is, uh, was was eighties out to the max. This theater could easily have been in the mo- in the show Stranger Things. It it, it, <laughs> it it was it had Tetris fever glass block on the walls. It had neon lights inside. It had uh, the old eighties tile floor that uh, it had not changed a. Bit. Uh,
2: there were a few seats that had plastic over them to uh, because of ceiling leaks, <laughs> so it was uh, it seen better days when it, we were there.
1: It's true, it's true, but uh, to me this this was the last one that I saw there, and that was a sad day to lose the. Uh, yeah, that was a great movie. Theatre in Pittsburgh. It. Yeah, Chad, do you seen you mentioned you've seen nine.
3: I have. Yeah. 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 That Mary pretty much covered it. It's definitely not the movie to show a. Three or four year old, right right after you show Aladdin or Lion King or something like that. It's not a feel good movie, but it's wonderfully done. The world is is very different from his typical kind of horror esque. Uh, it, it's less well. It's it's steampunk themed.
1: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Brian, you have you seen Nine? Oh yeah,
3: yeah. I'm a I'm a big Tim
0: Burton fan. Uh, this was a really cool idea. Um, I've actually bought some toys for my dogs recently that I purchased specifically because they reminded me of characters from this. We had these toys called Fugglers and <laughs> it could have been like right out of this. So anyway, yeah, really fun movie. Definitely would recommend it to anybody. I It didn't make my honorable mention just because I didn't want to go really overboard with it, but I could just as easily say, you know, nods off to this
2: one.
1: Yeah, it's a vision. I would say for me, this is an extremely visually impressive movie. The, the, the animation style and look of it is just great. As we move forward though, on the number 4 round, chat.
3: Fanboys.
1: Hold off on that. My whole co- hand is like pretty much out there at this point. But that, yeah. was, that was
3: a tough one for me to put at 4.
1: Yeah, and Brian, what's your number 4 movie?
0: Uh, my number 4 movie is Star Trek.
1: Oh no, that's right. Yes, I, I said this at number 10. Anybody else have it any higher? Nope. Mm-mm. Yes. Uh, well, Brian, you have it higher than me, so you have the floor. Tell us all about Star Trek from 2009.
0: So I grew up a pretty big uh, Star Trek fan. Uh, my dad was a, a, a watcher of uh, original series the Next Generation. I was more of a Deep Space Nine kid. Uh, I just thought that this was one of the best reboots that I had ever seen. I liked every single casting call that they did, especially uh, for McCoy. That was just... I mean, his mannerisms to play off, you know, the original actor for McCoy were fantastic. Yeah,
2: I, ag- I agree. Carl Urban was one of my favorite parts of the Star Trek movies, the, the new Star Trek movies.
0: The, the, the backstory on why his nickname is Bones. I mean, there they were just so many little, you know, nods to the original series in this that I couldn't help but love it. And best use of Beastie Boys sabotage ever in a movie. Like, that whole scene was just phenomenal.
1: Isn't that Star Trek uh, song, or sorry, isn't the Beastie Boys song used in Star Trek Beyond, the third movie?
0: Oh, yeah, it, it's a recurring piece for it. But yeah, it's, it's, I like the, the, the drop top uh, Corvette
1: sequence, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, Chad, did you do Star Trek from 2009?
3: I did. Yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan, I'm not a uh, Trekkie. As uh we'll get into with fanboys. Trekker. Trekkie is derogative. But uh yeah. It it was fun. I I enjoyed it. I I'm just not the biggest Star Trek fan.
2: Well, having grown up with Star Trek I, I was a little bit worried when this movie came out because I am emotionally attached to those characters, so if they hadn't been done so well I would have been angry with it. But I was very happy with how it turned out and I thought the casting they they nailed the casting for everybody.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love the the fact that they're like Chad. I just don't, I don't understand how you have to pick a side on this. Like <laughs> I thoroughly love Star Trek, and I thoroughly love Star Wars, and all these people like like in fanboys that was like a big eyebrow raiser for me in that movie. That they're like, no, you like this, and I'm like, I like both. I like both a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so to, like, seclude yourself from an entire other branch of science fiction that's also fantastic is, is just strange to me.
2: I, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. I'm, but, yes, like, <laughs> more on that. I'm not a when science JJ...
3: fiction kind of guy. I, I like science fantasy, but science fiction tends to miss with me. I, it's it's a weird hole in my fandom. I I've seen most of the Star Trek movies, but, yeah, they just, they're fine.
1: Well, I'm actually going to have a, a different experience here. I was like Chad. I was like, Star Wars is awesome. Star Trek is, uh, you know, it happened and, in large <laughs> quantity. And um, so I never really was enthralled with Star Trek. I, I had walked into a few episodes here and there, and the show never hooked me. I saw the first two movies, and then I just didn't keep going with it. And so I didn't have the connection to the characters whatsoever. And something changed. Maybe it's just new, new movie pace. Maybe it was the fact that it was done and the visuals were very nice. And I just got to give J.J. J. Abrams credit. He hooked me with Star Trek with this one. I, I now care about these characters. I couldn't name them if I had to before, but now I I enjoy I enjoy it. And um, I appreciate the history that they, they tied it in. I, I can tell from fans like Mary and Brian that... Leonard Nimoy coming in there and acknowledging that what went before it through a time war plot device, that that was just a really clever way of not alienating very, I think Star Trek has dedicated fans. That's a fair yeah. thing to say.
3: Well, well Brian, this, this might explain something to you. Uh, the very first Star Trek movie I ever saw was one that you showed me, but you showed me Star Trek Nemesis.
0: Oh, did you not like that one? That was the first movie I ever saw Tom Hardy in. Nobody liked that one. Oh, I didn't mind it. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay.
3: But I did see more with you, but yeah, Nemesis was my introduction.
1: I thought it was too much power to put into one man's hands to give the entire world of nerds under J.J. Abrams control because he got Star Wars, the, the revival part of that with The Force Awakens, and the new revival of Star Trek. And somehow he got them both right. So, yeah. Good job. I, I I always thought that that was an awesome thing that had happened because
0: then they'd have to agree on something.
2: <laughs> In fairness, I have tried to get Russell hooked on Star Trek for a while, and we started at the beginning with the first Star Trek movie, and we got to the Wrath That's of unhelpful. Khan, and he hasn't uh, gotten past that one for some reason. <laughs> so...
1: I'll keep going. I will. <laughs> I will. But these new movies, I really enjoy, and I look forward to the fourth one.
0: I'm not sure where. Probably First Contact would be a good one to show Russ.
3: Yeah, I'd agree there.
1: I'll get there, but I'm a chronological snob. I, oh, I, 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 this I insi- is not going to work out in your favor, then. I insist then. that I have to watch every movie in the proper order.
3: What is it, Five? Five is just like a brick wall of badness?
1: I don't know. I'll find out well, when I get there, though.
3: <laughs> I mean, if you want to go
0: if you want to go Next Generation, though, First Contact is the first movie you would watch. Yep.
3: hmm
1: so Okay, that's a that's a fair point. So, Star Trek, bringing it back to the new, uh, sorry, for 2009 for a whole new generation. Uh, that was a fun one. Now it's time, I think, to talk about State of Play. Uh, I have number <laughs> yeah. four. I have, yeah, I have number four. <laughs> Finally. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're okay. just going
3: to talk about all of Russell's list.
1: It's true. You, uh, everybody knows every movie that's on my list now, but State of Play is on here and I have to say, I've seen this movie several times. I own it. I've showed it to several people. I've lent it to people and every time it goes over well. People are just like, wow, that's really good. Or, um, I didn't remember that movie coming out. This is, this is quite good. And so, uh, it, it's got a great cast, really, really good cast. It's got Rachel McAdams and Russell Crowe and, uh, Ben Affleck is, is uh, he does his part well. It's just a really good twisty turny political movie. It's, it's got a sense of like, it's a movie about reporters. So they're digging and uncovering a story and it, there's more to it and it unfolds well and as i just mentioned earlier with the extract and the comedy that unfolds well i really really appreciate a psychological kind of movie like this that you know is always got something going you don't see the end coming, and it's it's just interesting the very end great soundtrack five-star movie really i I cannot recommend this movie enough
2: mary you had it on your list Yeah, yeah i agree Definitely a five star movie. The way it the way it unfolds, it has the viewer gripped through the whole thing.
1: And Brian.
0: I, I think it's it, it's it's one of the it's easily one of the most rewatchable movies for me. It's one of those ones that if I see it on TV I'm gonna stop and watch it. The cast was just so much fun. I, I loved Russell Crowe's character in it. It was very John Grisham meets Pelican Brief kind of styling and I love suspense movies like that.
1: Absolutely, I, I'm just so happy three people have this on their list. I I'm so. Uh, me too,
0: dude. I like that's when when Mary said it first, and I was like, oh, somebody else, awesome. And then you were like, oh no, I've got it even higher. And I'm like, two.
1: Yeah. Th- th- this this makes me happy, and uh, so two, two moons and three state of plays. I'm I'm in. I'm happy. We'll see if uh, we'll see if my other picks are. I, I clearly they are shared. So um, well we'll continue though. Mary. Why don't you begin the number three round?
2: So number three, Avatar.
1: I had nope. my number seven, but you have it higher, so you get the floor.
2: I think it's just, I, I, I couldn't put this list together without giving this its dues from a technological point of view. Mm-hmm. Acting, and it's good. Storytelling's good, and but it just creates this magical world that I think was carried through with a new technology in a really crisp and precise way. So I think that it's going to be remembered for all of its technical achievements as well as being just a good movie that stands on its own.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it was a cultural phenomenon. Like, it was... Everybody saw it. And it hit the international markets huge. And uh, I remember seeing the 3D glasses in particular... And later on, I came to hate them because they charged $5 more for you, and I don't feel like the other movies did it right or didn't, didn't deliver enough of a wow with it. But James Cameron used the theater experience in a way that others hadn't. And he brought 3D glasses back when they hadn't been around for years. I mean, our entire life.
3: Yeah, he shot this movie with 3D in mind. The problem with later movies is 3D was added post effect. So it wasn't shot up front, it wasn't incorporated in the movie, it was just a post effect and so it doesn't work as well.
1: It was ambitious. I love Sigourney Weaver's character in it. I love the, I don't know the villain's the villain's name, but the the military guy that's like he was just such a great villain, yes. villain role. Just it was really watershed movie and James Cameron does it right seems like more than once or I mean, does it write all the time, so uh, Are
0: yeah. you guys talking about Stephen Lang? Yes. The Colonel? The yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. So he's uh, he's been in a ton of different stuff. He played... Uh,
3: he's the bad guy in everything.
1: <laughs> I can't imagine him being a good guy.
0: Well, he, he was in uh, Gettysburg. He played um, Pickett, General Pickett. Okay. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah. He was a good guy. Uh, he,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he actually got uh, pulled in. Uh, this was kind of a weird move for me. I wasn't super happy with it. But he also played in Gods and Generals, but not as Pickett, but as Stonewall Jackson.
3: Bad guy.
1: <laughs> Famous West Virginian? Famous Confederate. Uh,
0: he was he was Ike Clanton in
3: Tombstone?
1: Yeah. yeah. My dad uh, went to a Stonewall Jackson Eye. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of things named after Stonewall in West Virginia. We'll see if that continues.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Awkward moment. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Hooray. Achieved. What would the podcast be without at least one of those? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, number three moving forward, chat.
3: I want this movie renamed because I initially didn't see it because of how horrible a name it is, but Drag Me to Hell. It just sounds like a terrible B-level horror movie. It doesn't sound good. This is a Sam <laughs> Raimi, If You Love Evil Dead. He did Drag Me to Hell. It's got Justin Long, Alison Lohman is <laughs> in it as well. It's its about a, uh, she's a banker who turns down a gypsy for a loan and the gypsy curses her. And without going into too much... This
1: sounds like Thinner, which wasn't a good movie.
3: Thinner! This was a good movie, <laughs> and, and this is on the list if we do a horror movie marathon, which will be difficult when we both have small children. Yes. But... Uh, uh, we'll
1: make it
3: happen. This is one I, I want to show you. I'm excited and kind of have to push it on people, because everyone's like, that title sounds awful, and I want nothing to do with it. But it's great.
1: Okay. All right.
2: Yeah, I have to admit, I would probably not see that movie just because of the title. Yeah. yeah also, the
1: gypsy things got me a little concerned too. Thinner, th- <laughs> like I said, thinner is thinner's, thinners uh, lingering in my head. So, um, and I like my Stephen King too, just not that one. It gets better. So, uh, Brian, have you uh, any thoughts for Drag Me to Hell?
0: No, it's one that kind of got past me. Um, I did want to see that movie. I just haven't had a chance to yet.
1: Okay. Then why don't you uh, continue our path forward here and give us your number three movie.
0: My number three movie is Zombieland. Hold off on that one,
1: sir. Whoa, okay. Chad shows a card in his hand, but uh, we're going to wait till he plays it later. So my number three movie is going to be Fanboys.
2: Hold off.
1: Whoa, holding
2: off. Wow. Boom. Okay, it's, it's
1: some, uh, some excitement here at the end. Uh, Mary... Why don't you begin the number two round for us?
2: Well, you can go ahead and talk about Fanboys. Fanboys is my number two. <laughs> well, you have it higher than me,
1: so by all means, why don't you take the floor?
2: Uh, this movie, I hadn't heard about it, actually, until I got an email at work. Because the uh, <laughs> my current boss at the time... Is the father of uh, the guy who made the movie. Uh, Albert Filoni is who I worked for, an architect here in Pittsburgh who's no longer with us, and his son is the maker of this film. So we got David Filoni, who's who's
1: associated with the uh, the Star Trek's Clone uh, Wars Wars, um, animated series.
2: So, yeah, that's how I found out about this movie, and I don't think it was released as, as a full release nationwide, but it was showing in Pittsburgh. So we, at the last minute, you know, decided to go see it. And this movie just, it's a comedy. It's just completely made for the sci-fi nerd. And just, it was like it was a movie made for me. I love this film. I show it to everybody I can. And it's, it's great. I'll watch it anytime.
0: Super under the radar, too. Yes. <laughs> I don't feel like this got any hype, and I don't understand why.
3: Yeah, I I was reluctant. Mary and Russell were like, "Hey, let's go see this movie about my, uh, my boss's son was involved, and in it. it's it's the guy that does the Clone Wars." I'm like, uh, "I'm I'm not excited," and I had a great time. This is
1: I also concerned you when I said we have to go to the indie theater, like yeah. the Manor Theater, which is normally like the theater <laughs> that shows like British like movies or like documentaries or like like Oscar Award maybe things like you know these kinds of things. And Chad was like. Oh no, I had never thought I wanted to go to the Manor Theater in my life.
3: I was very prepared to be angry.
2: Yeah, this movie did not get the press that it deserved. It is a fantastic comedy and would hold its own with all of the other movies on this list that that everybody in the U.S. saw. So I, I wish that this had gotten its dues.
3: It's got good heart, too. I mean, great jokes, great cameos, but at the core of it, it's really just this soulful movie about friends and... And what they're willing to do for each other. So it, it's really got everything for me.
1: And I think we should mention, because people probably don't know what it is, is uh, Fanboys is a movie where uh, a group of friends have a friend who is established early on that he has cancer. Yes. And that, that they decide to travel across the country on a road trip to go see the upcoming episode one movie by breaking into the Lucas Ranch so that he can see this movie before he dies. And so it's a mission to go across the country. So it's a road trip kind of movie and a lot of hilarity ensues and it's stuff that a Star Wars fan or a Star Trek fan or both, if in Brian's case, you can be both. Um, uh, you can go both ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but it is really, really funny. There are small parts played on there, tons of cameos. I don't want to ruin all the cameos that you're going to see in there, but Jay Baruchel, Kristen Bell, Dan Fogler, and uh, Chris Marquette are just all really great. They have such good on screen chemistry. And uh, oh, Sam Huntington as well. But he's the guy from There Will Be Blood. Yep. He's a lot nicer in this. Yes, he is. Yeah, fanboys. Uh, Mary suggested it for a birthday movie for us. Our birthdays are close together, and we roped Chad into it. And I think Sarah had a bad time. She
3: did. She, <laughs> she, she's had a bad time about three more times in addition. I, I will make her love this movie.
1: And Brian, what was Brian uh, for you? Uh, we probably we probably pushed this one on you.
3: Oh, oh no no no, uh,
1: not
0: at all. Uh, this was a movie that I had originally seen a preview for, and it I feel like it just got lost, uh, and then later on I um, kind of found it again, and I was like, oh, it's that one, and then I watched it and loved it.
1: Yeah, and uh, so as we proceed then with the number two round.
3: Shed. so i've had four horror movies on my top 10 so far but my number two movie of 2009 is the princess and the frog i, I, I think I'm you're wa- the
1: only one with this one go ahead <laughs> I, I'm,
3: I'm watching russell mary's expression <laughs> from I, the room like, i'm surprised what? i
2: haven't actually seen the princess and either. the frog so I, I have no idea
3: oh it's wonderful it's it's the last disney hand-drawn animation uh it's set in new orleans so there's a lot of character in the city tiana's uh, a wonderful story character it it's very much based on kind of a play on kissing the frog and uh, him turning into a prince but instead she turns into a frog and so they've got to go through this whole ordeal to turn back to humans but uh there's there's a lot of heart in the movie. There are great songs. Uh, Tiana's song of Almost There is very catchy. It's it's a wonderful sequence. There are great side characters. There's a talking gator and a Cajun firefly. Those are fun. Music or no? Yes, yes, uh, Almost There for music. Uh, Dr. Facilier is a wonderful villain. He's a voodoo guy, mm-hmm. and he's got a, a great, great villain song called Friends on the Other Side that's just wonderfully animated. There are the skulls and the shadows that are manipulated around. It's, it's just great. I'd recommend anyone that likes the classic Disney movies. This is right up there with Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. It's right up there with the greats.
1: Okay, wow, that's that's great. And I know, I, I think this matters to say too. Disney did a good job. They actually wrote a black character that is. It's part of the character. And I know that they were praised heavily for doing that. And so I, that's how you really repre- give representation. Good on Disney for doing it that way.
3: Yeah, it's it's just a good New Orleans story. The character happens to be a minority, but it's not focused on or or feels like it. it's thrown in there for the sake of a diversity quota or anything. It's just part of the culture and it's great. Everything about the movie is a fun ride.
2: I would be interested to hear how they decided to do this movie as animated um, instead of computer animated in an era when everything's computer animated. It was a throwback. Yeah. like that, That's an interesting choice. So
3: Yeah, I actually wound up liking this one more than Sarah, too. It's higher on my list than hers.
1: I need to get that on my 2009 list. Somehow, when my researching for 2009, I overlooked it somehow. But uh, um, let's go forward. Brian... What's your number two movie?
0: Uh, My number two movie is called The International. What is this? Uh, It is a... a, It's another suspense movie. I'm not going to say it's like State of Play because it's pretty much entirely different. Uh, But it is one of my biggest rewatchable movies of all time. It's something I probably end up watching once every month or two. I highly recommend it to, uh, to anybody who's interested. But it's Clive Owen. And uh, Naomi Watts, uh, Clive Owen, is an Interpol agent who is tracking a high-profile financial institution, suspected of dealing arms. And Naomi Naomi Watts is a uh, prosecutor in the States that is kind of following his case on, on our side. So it's really a European espionage suspense movie that it's, it's just a lot of fun. There's an awesome gun uh, fight scene in the Guggenheim. Ooh, I'm there. And I, yeah, I just, I really recommend you guys watch it. It's terrific. Clive Owen, Naomi Watts, uh, Ulrich Thompson's in it. Armin Mueller-Stahl's in it. So it just, it's a very, very good movie. Hmm.
1: I, this sounds promising. I'll be sure to see both of these movies that Chad and Brian have just mentioned high on their list. For me, I alluded to it earlier, it's time to talk about *The Hangover*. I love comedy. It's it's definitely my favorite genre. And to me, *The Hangover* was a movie that was heavily imitated. Following it, there were a lot of movies that wanted to recapture the magic of *The Hangover*, whether it be its raunchy humor, its changing pace of its high pace. I I mean, where the situation is again evolving, and there's it's well written. There's this consistent thread that pulls it through, and I just really love the cast. Zach Galifianakis was not a name I was familiar with going into this. He's got small roles before that, but man, he is so good in this. And Bradley Cooper and Ed Helms, just the trio of them are so good together. If you at all have lesser memories, you're probably remembering The Hangover 2 or The Hangover 3, but the first one is really, really special. I laughed hard on this one, and I've just come back to it several times throughout the years. And... It has so many great quotes, and uh, Zach Galifianakis' character is just, I mean, I still, I mean, if you say Jonas Brothers, I instantly think of, like, I'm sure he has a Jonas Brothers concert to go to. No, not true. They're in Raleigh-Durham that week. Plus, I have a restraining order. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, there's just so many little golden lines throughout the movie, and it just makes me smile. Uh, And great post-credits as well. Some of the best post-credits that you'll see, so... Or during credits, I should say.
2: Well, I think what makes a comedy sometimes successful or not is having a really good story as the structure. And they set up this original story, they've lost Doug, and then the whole comedy can be built around that. And it just, yeah, it it sort of, it doesn't age. You can, I think, could go back to this movie in fifty years, and it's still going to be just as good. Yeah,
1: I, I think when AFI reevaluates their top comedy movies, I'm, I'm not being a, a, too much of a fanboy about this movie. When I say I really think this one will be included and put up there, Brian, you, you had The Hangover as well, right? Yeah, I had it on there.
0: You pretty much summed it up. I mean, you're absolutely right. This was a groundbreaking movie in terms of a comedy. I you yeah, definitely hadn't been done before, at least not, not in the way that i can really recall and uh anybody who hasn't seen this movie you got
1: to get on it stat yeah you will have a good time with this one
3: it gives a big boost to mike tyson and to uh phil collins (laughs) (laughs) i feel like in the air tonight is uh played a little bit more because of this movie
1: i do think it brought it back in some ways yeah yeah i really thought he looked like a carlos (laughs) i know buddy (laughs) (laughs) um uh, so mary before we go into the top round why don't you share with us just to to build the tension like inglorious bastards does we're gonna build the tension here give us a couple honorable mentions some shout outs of some other things that would have happened in 2009 uh you know don't have to go into a lot of depth on them, but just uh throw out a throw out a few of things that just didn't quite make your list
2: i feel it's good to mention there was a fantastic documentary that came out that year called it might get loud it's with jimmy page the edge and jack white and it's an amazing documentary especially if you're a music fan they intentionally got artists from three different generations and they make music together in the course of this documentary it's a good time and doesn't you know it's not a traditional film but um you know if we had a documentary category i would pick this one
1: yeah it's a neat dialogue between them yeah that was a good time for sure great great uh call back to that one chad any honorable mentions
3: I want to give a shout-out to my wife for the following movies. Bride Wars, Julia and Julia, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Uh, these are the, honorable
1: mentions, not dishonorable The
3: Informant, <laughs> The Proposal. Thank you for subjecting me to these.
1: Okay, okay. Do you, have, do you have any honorable mentions, or do you really, like, these are your number 11, 12, 13, 14 movies? Street
3: mentions? Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li.
1: Oh. I didn't even know this was a thing. Don't. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> in seriousness, do you have any good
3: movies that you just missed your list? <laughs> you know what? I I actually liked The Final Destination. It's the fifth movie of the fi- of Final Destination, but it ties in nicely li- with the first one.
1: Okay. Okay. Brian, how about you? Any honorable mentions? I've got
3: kind of a a, a loop here that I I wanted to talk about
0: uh the only honorable mention that we haven't already talked about was for up in the air that was a really uh, cute movie i I really enjoyed it and and definitely recommend it a couple nods in the comedy realm uh that i just i had several comedies on my list i know you guys had a few more but uh and salmon came out that year it is the most little known by the super trooper broken lizard crew Uh, But it is featuring all of them, and it is a very funny movie as well. But for some reason, no one's ever heard of it.
3: I feel like Club Dread is right up there.
0: Well, Club Dread came off the heels of Super Troopers, so I feel like it it at least got some airplay. But this one went wildly under the radar. I didn't find out about this movie until like five years after it came out. Uh, The other one, yeah, the other one was I Love You Man. Uh, Really enjoyed that movie, highly recommend it. Uh, one of the biggest knocks uh, in terms of a movie from this era or from this year, and Chad, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I really enjoyed The Fourth Kind. It takes place up in an in okay. Alaskan town. Anyway, it was a I found it to be a really creepy and enjoyable horror movie, but a lot of people kicked it around. Okay. The only other honorable mention I have is a European film called Valhalla Rising. Uh, it is available on Netflix if you want to watch it. But it is a very psychological period piece from Viking standpoint.
3: I'm huh? glad you didn't say Terminator Salvation. No.
1: Nobody just said that. No, yeah, nobody, nobody <laughs> mentioned that. It's just, it, it's not in the worst category. It's just wildly mediocre. It's not Aggressive, ha- It's aggressively mediocre. It's not
3: Halloween Two. Um, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Oh,
1: that was yeah,
0: that was. This was also the year where Boondock Saints Two came out, and uh, it was very watchable. Um, I don't think you can ever be better than the first one on that one, but they didn't try and they made a very, uh, I wouldn't call it an action comedy. It is more amusing than the first one, uh, but they did a good job making a very passable follow-up.
1: Okay. I had a harder time narrowing it down, I guess, so I'm just going to go through a couple of them. Chad, my highest horror movie rated that year was The Last House on the Left remake. Uh, okay. I, it was a, it was, I haven't seen the original, so for me it was the first time to go through the ride, so it was really good. Youth and Revolt with Michael Cera was a fun time, uh, kind of a very unique movie on that. Uh, Whippet It with Ellen Page, really enjoyed that. Uh, Drew Barrymore uh, directed that. Yeah, the, the roller derby. Yeah, yeah, just a good time on that one up as chad mentioned earlier in his countdown is does degree a tip of the hat as brian also mentioned i have i love you man i really thought this would make my list and i'm shocked that it slipped out it's a it's a definitely a feel-good movie uh with paul rudd and jason siegel uh fantastic mr fox uh perhaps some recency bias but not really it's it is it is quite good and mary mentioned it on her list and i also like it and um land of the lost with will ferrell I mean, I love Will Ferrell movies, and I had a great time on this one, and uh, i got to throw that in my honorable mentions as well. So good times were had with that. Awesome. Yeah, now the moment of truth, the number one round. Mary, why don't you lead us off with your number one movie of 2009?
2: Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nobody. Well, hold off. Hold off. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the number one round you know what go ahead
1: it's also my number one movie why don't we just go ahead though
2: this was a movie that has got overlooked at the time and you know being a science fiction fan when we finally found out about it we saw it and uh this was an incredibly um, intricate movie the premise is very original jared leto is excellent in the lead role diane um Kruger. Diane Kruger is fantastic is the yeah I think I would consider her the lead actress in this although there's a number of different characters the way the storylines play out um, not to give too much away about the movie uh, you just have to if you haven't seen this it's you've a got hard to see movie to give away uh, you've got to not be tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it will move quickly and it is complex. So it's not one to, to say I'm going to fold some laundry during this movie. You've got to sit down and pay attention to this movie because it is well worth the ride.
1: Absolutely.
0: You lost me at Jared Leto.
1: <laughs> you get to re-release uh, Down the Line after Dallas Buyers Club comes out and kind of in promotion of that movie. So people in America might have gotten it there. But this is when it actually came out and uh, hit the tried to hit the film festivals. But uh, it is an ambitious movie. It is thought-provoking. It is a movie that really makes you think. We did a podcast one on this one at the beginning of the year. It was our first episode from the 2000 uh, uh, sorry 2019 season. and um, I just really, really, really can't say how clever and intelligent this movie is. I go around thinking about my own decisions in life and whatnot for a month after watching this movie. I've come back to it more than once and I see things that I hadn't seen before. I picked up an extended Blu-ray, and I like, you know, it's a long movie, and somehow adding more length to it only makes me enjoy the ride even more. We will be talking about this one again at the end of the year, and I just cannot recommend Mr. Nobody enough. Maybe watch it more than once, and as Mary said, be ready to pay attention. It's not not a movie for the ADD. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, And the less you know to some degree, the better, but it's also very difficult to explain. So uh, I'll say that it's it involves multiple roles, multiple things happening at the same time, and if uh, complexity is appealing to you in any way, shape, or form, uh, I recommend it. Chad, what is your number one movie?
3: Zombieland.
1: Oh, okay. Nice.
3: Yeah, it's uh, this is within the top ten, maybe top five movies for me ever. I I love it. I I love the parody. All the characters are great. Like when I saw the casting. I'm thinking, eh, Abigail Breslin, I, I don't really know, but she's wonderful in the movies. The, the cameos are great in this movie. The rules to surviving the zombie homicide or uh, apocalypse is just the fact that they keep coming up. The cardio, the double tap, bathrooms, things like that. It's just great. I'm so thrilled they're making a sequel to this. I want more. I particularly want more Woody Harrelson. In a zombie apocalypse.
1: Chad likes his horror movie.
3: My wife still says, double tap. Like, we're watching other
0: movies. And <laughs> someone will be shot. And she'll be like, rule two, double tap. Double <laughs> tap. <laughs>
3: the, the strange thing is, this actually crosses over. Sarah is not a horror movie person at no. all. But she does enjoy Zombieland. And she hates Abigail Breslin, which is a weird person to hate.
0: Is. Uh
3: Bill, Bill Murray at the end of this movie. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not dead yet. Do you have any regrets? Oh, uh, maybe Garfield. <laughs>
2: yeah, this was a great movie, and sometimes a movie is just—if it's just fun—that makes it amazing. And there's this hits fun in so many different ways. It hits the zombies. It hits the humor. God, I
0: love rednecks.
2: It hits the cameos. It's just a great ride.
1: Yeah, Brian, you were saying.
0: Oh, I just Woody Harrelson's character. I'm, I'm, I'm fully behind this having a sequel and then a sequel,
3: sequel, and then another one.
1: It's just, it's just too much fun.
3: I hope it's them going to the Twinkie factory.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you had this on your list, where Brian? Uh,
0: Zombie Land was my number three.
1: Okay, so very high for you as well. Similar to Chad, is it's just hitting the right balance of of comedy, dark humor, and horror, and all that coming together. Oh yeah, definitely. It's just, it's just so well put together. Okay.
3: Even the down scenes when they're just doing something as simple as like playing Monopoly with real money <laughs> in the mansion, or there. When, uh, when they
0: do the best best zombie kills of the week, like the yes. little aparts where they have like little old ladies killing zombies, like it's just it's hilarious. Like those little aparts are great.
3: <laughs> Fetties die first. Yeah.
1: So if there ever was a movie created for Chad, it's, it's this one. He loves the zombies. He likes he likes blood and the, the the culture of horror. But if it's shown in a humorous light, you've hit a sweet spot.
3: Yes. Yeah, it's very uh, Dawn, Ven- Dawn of the Dead for me, but funnier.
1: In the Venn diagram, the only thing that you can do to make this stronger is to put it in a period piece and to make it as historical zombie comedy.
3: Yeah, the, there is a... Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, that's not great, but I have seen it. Okay. But yeah, put uh, put Russell Crowe in, in Roman era fighting off a legion of zombies. I'm, a, I'm down for it.
1: Okay. Brian, you're the only one left to unveil his number one movie. What was your number one movie from 2009?
0: So I was pretty sure I would be an island on this one, but uh, my number one on this is actually a trilogy. They all were released at the same time. It's the Scandinavian Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies. Okay. Um, I am a huge fan of this series. Um, I have not gotten around to reading the new books by the separate author. But um, I purchased this box set after watching them digitally. And I cannot recommend them enough. Uh, I'm disappointed that they did not choose to continue doing the, the remakes here in the U.S. Or the U.S. theatrical releases. Totally love them. If you haven't had a chance to see them... You have to fight a little bit of the mouths not syncing up because it is in, I believe, Swedish. But, uh, I, man, I just can't say enough good things about it.
1: Uh, I really should check that out because I absolutely love the Rooney Mara, Daniel Craig version of it. And I was kind of holding off from seeing these because I just wanted to follow along with the American movies track. And ten years later, I think it's sad to say, I don't think we're getting our second and third movies from that uh, from that go around, even though the movie was so well done. How does the Dragon Tattoo movie from the Swedish version stack up in terms of quality to the American-made, released?
0: You can definitely tell they don't have the budget, but that doesn't affect the quality of the film itself. Uh, The acting in it's fantastic. Um, It was the first time I had seen uh, Naomi Rapace in a movie. She plays Elizabeth Salander. She goes on to do... um,
1: Prometheus.
0: Is it Prometheus? Yeah. Yeah. So Prometheus, so she uh, kind of got a, hey, how are you, uh, into uh, Western film uh, after this. And I'm really happy to see her in future things.
3: Yeah, there's there's an infamous scene that has kept me from seeing these movies in the first one. And is it is it bad enough to turn people off, Brian?
0: Um, I mean, it's definitely not an easy scene to watch. But I would say that that is, what well, once you're past that, then it's smoother sailing. It's a great... Uh, it is a, it's, it's a psychological thriller, and those are dark, dark movies, so please don't think that I'm uh, belittling any part past that, because there's some other really, you know, dark stuff that happens. So, just kind of be prepared for that, but man, if you're into that kind of uh, Scandinavian mystery, uh, Joe Nesbo does a really good job of them, too.
1: I I mean, you'll, you'll love it. Sounds great. Well... Thank you guys so much. We all know that Brian's secret favorite movie that year was Hannah Montana the movie, but we won't make him say it now. Are you
0: kidding me? I can't wait for Dora the Explorer. <laughs>
3: oh, that—that that just looks so strange. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to do when she's she's an adult talking to monkeys.
1: <laughs> so uh, that was two thousand year two thousand nine. We'll get in our time machines and come back to twenty
3: nineteen. Oh, thank goodness! Is the music
1: better? I, it's up to you. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back in 10 years and, and go through 2019 and see if you like and see how you felt about it So, <laughs> anyway Mary thank you for joining us on the 2009 episode
2: yeah thanks for having me this was fun to do I kind of want to go back and do it for other years
1: I know I was very tempted to go back and do 99 <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I have to have some restraint I, I, this was a fun one to do but uh, Chad thanks so much man
3: oh anytime
1: and uh, Brian thank you sir Always a pleasure, guys. To all the lords, ladies, and knights of the Retro Movie Roundtable, we want to hear from you. Give us a like on Facebook. Write to the show at retromovieroundtable@yahoo.com. at Yahoo.com. Download, subscribe, rate, and review the, to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. We really want to hear from you, and those ratings that you give us help build the show and build our audience. It's the best thing you can do to help us out. And tell a friend. Be good to each other. And watch more movies. Brian?
0: The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> <gasps>